Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. I've been thinking about good books for this time of social distancing, and I've found myself thinking time and again about Anne Frank, The Diary of a Young Girl. When I was in middle school, I read this book over and over again, maybe 20 times easily in a period of about a year or so. And so Anne's words are in my heart. And of course, there's no comparison between what Anne and her family endured and the inconveniences of this day. And for me, I think that's the point. She and her family hid in close quarters for 761 days. No internet, no chance to go to the grocery store, no walks in the park. They understood isolation, claustrophobia, and fear. And yet Anne wrote this, I don't think of all the misery, but of the beauty that still remains. And she wrote, in spite of everything, I still believe that people are really good at heart. I also found myself thinking of the long winter. In the winter of 1880 to 1881, Laura Ingalls Wilder and her family endured serious privation in the Dakota Territory. Blizzard after blizzard struck their town. It went on for seven months. They ran out of food. They ran out of coal and wood. They had to twist hay into fuel as the winter raged on and on. There's all these scenes of them twisting these hay hay sticks. And again, there's no comparison between what they endured and our week or month or months of social distancing. And I think that's the point. Books can help us understand ourselves by letting us see beyond ourselves. And my two guests today have knowledge of books that go far beyond those two young adult classics. Luann Locke, owner of Afterwards Books in Edwardsville, Illinois, um, knows all about what you should be reading. And Jen Ozork is the regional manager with the St. Louis Public Library. They've agreed to give us their recommendations for what to read in a pandemic and also help us to match our listeners with some book pairings. So Luann Locke, owner of Afterwards Books, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And Jen Ozork of the St. Louis Public Library, thank you for joining us. Hi, good afternoon. So, Luann, let's start with you. What's one book you find particularly apropos right now? Well, um, my short list would be Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. Boy, I'm hearing so, that book on, on the tongues of every <laughs> smart person right now. Tell us why. <laughs> Well, it's post-apocalyptic without the zombies. Um, it's very, it hits very close to home. Um, you know, there's a pandemic, um, and, you know, it, it's a little bit too close for comfort. So, but it's, it, it sounds like it's still a good read. You, you feel like it doesn't go so close for comfort that you would tell people to avoid it at this point? Correct, yes. Jen, what about you? Do you have a particular read you'd recommend for this time of pandemic? Well, I think that when I when I thought about pandemic reads, I thought about books where things have happened, but there's still hope as people navigate their new world. Um, I think a lot of people are reading Station Eleven. A lot of people are reading The Stand by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually really liked the World Made by Hand series by James Howard Kunstler. Hmm. Um, it's set in a town in Union Grove, um, which is in New York, and something has happened and people have to rely on themselves. Um, you know, now it's kind of going back to the old way of doing things. Um, if I remember, people are, you know, finding books about, you know, how to farm without a lot of modern equipment, how to preserve food, um, 
you know, there's there's challenge, there's danger, but there's a lot of hope running through those stories and people relying on each other and helping each other. Hmm. And and I thought that they were, it was a good series. Jen, uh, that's James Howard Kunstler is the last name? Yes, uh, K-U-N-S-T-L-E-R. And, and sorry, what's the name of the series of these books? I want to make sure our listeners can catch that because th- these do sound like really good ones. Sure. Um, it's World Made by hand. World made by and hand. That, yeah, that should be the first one in the series. Um, I've got my laptop up with me so I can super quickly check that. But um, yes, World Made by Hand, there are four books in that series. Okay. And I do feel like there's something nice about having a series at this point. If you have extra time to read, you maybe want to get engulfed in this world and, and not be done with it in just one book's time. Luann, is, is that a thought you find yourself having with your reading, or are you more in a flitting mode from story to story? Well, um, I, I agree that, you know, try to seek out some stories with hope by all means. Um, and one of my fellow booksellers, Cindy Paul-Dean um, of Fireside Books in Palmer, Alaska, she recommended This is Chance by uh, John Mualam. It just came out. And um, she described it as, it's a story about the 1964 earthquake in Anchorage hmm. and radio reporter Jeannie Chance who helped set up a makeshift information center and stayed on air over 30 hours as the voice of calm and clear information. So it's a feel-good story about a community pulling together to respond to an unprecedented disaster. And that's Um, called This is Chance. What's the author's name? uh, John Mualam. Okay. That's great. Um, Well, these are already some great recommendations. And we also want to hear from you, if you're listening out there. What's your pick for a particularly on-point read in this pandemic? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, we did put this question on Twitter this morning, and we heard from so many people with so many great suggestions. But in addition to that, one of our our producers, uh, Evie Hemphill, reached out to some local booksellers in town, and they also had their uh, picks for pandemic reads. Uh, Gina, who works at Subterranean Books, suggests Emergent Strategy by Adrian Marie Brown. It's a book about radical self-help, society help, and planet help. Gina writes, rather than steel ourselves against such change, this book invites us to feel, map, assess, and learn from the swirling patterns around us in order to better understand and influence them as they they happen. This is a resolutely materialist spirituality based equally on science and science fiction, a visionary incantation to transform that which ultimately transforms us. And the book that Michelle, owner of the Bookhouse in Maplewood, recommends is Full Catastrophe Living, Using the Wisdom of Your Brain and Mind to Face Stress, Pain, and Illness. That's by John Zabat Zinn. And Michelle says it's a book by several Buddhist thinkers with lots of great practical ideas to deal with anxiety and stress. Um, one of the things that I know um, people are also wondering about the, at this time is how booksellers are even doing. And actually, Emily in Edwardsville sent us an email specifically addressed to you, Luann. Emily writes, Luann and her store are a treasured part of our community. I'm always very impressed with how innovative she is as a small business owner. Maybe she could talk about some of the ways she has tried to adapt to the challenges of not only owning a small business in general, but also owning and operating one during the time of COVID-19. And I think that's a great suggestion. Luann, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. 
Oh, that was very sweet of Emily. So um, we pride ourselves in being a thread in the community. And we're very fortunate because the shop local movement in Edwardsville is very strong. Um, What we're, and many bookstores across the country, independent bookstores, are suggesting um, right now, if you're able to support your local bookstore, you can visit bookshop.org and purchase your books online there. You can buy a gift card from from your independent bookstore to gift to someone now that they could use later. Uh, Libro FM has partnered with independent bookstores and really stepped up and is um, offering 100% of all audiobook sales um, will go back to the independent bookstore of your mm-hmm. choice when you sign up there. So those are all great ways um, that you can continue to support your local bookstore while we're shuttered. And Luann, uh, at Afterwards Books, are you still seeing a number of people taking advantage of those options to order through you? Absolutely. Um, I think in just the short time that Bookshop.org launched, which was the end of January, uh, sales have skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been just amazing to watch. Now, we also checked in with these other booksellers around town about what they're doing, and Subterranean Books, Left Bank Books, The Book House, and The Novel Neighbor are all doing curbside pickups. And Michelle at The Book House notes, books in our inventory or that we order are not going through Amazon warehouses at all. We are taking care in handling, working, and taking messages at home and minimizing actual contact. There's just one staff member here at a time. And Kelly of Subterranean Books wrote, if customers live within about a mile or two of subterranean books and we have it on hand, we'll deliver to their door same day for free. If we don't have it on hand, we'll have it shipped to them using our $2 per order flat rate shipping special. Kelly also adds, quote, my main fear, aside from making us close our doors even to curbside pickup and home delivery, which is a very real fear and is about to give me an ulcer, is that after this first burst that we will have reached our core customers and there won't be enough to sustain us two weeks, three weeks, four weeks from now. To prevent that, we are asking folks to continually spread the word that we are available and able to provide reading sustenance, whatever it takes. Luann, is that also a fear for you? It is. Um, We have been practicing porch pickup. We're fortunate that our little shop um, is housed in a tiny little house, so we have a covered porch. So we have folks who will order things online, and then they can come by, and we can practice great social distancing, and they can pick them up. It is very um, a, a very different way of continuing our book business, and we do miss our customers, but we do want to make sure that we're protecting the most vulnerable people in our community. So, And Jen, you work for the St. Louis Public Library. Your doors are closed entirely. Do you find yourself missing that interaction with the, the people uh. coming in? Yeah, totally. Um, It's very strange. Um, I work at Carpenter Library, which is one of the regional branches, and we're usually very busy. And I'm used to being out on the floor and talking to people and seeing our regular customers come in. And to not have that interaction just feels very, very strange. Um, A lot of the staff are doing, like, Um, videos where we're talking about books, um, story time things, we're creating um, book lists that we're putting up there, but it's it's not the same as the interaction, but um, 
this is this is the safest way to do things is for us to be clubs. Mm-hmm. I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, Bonnie is calling from St. Genevieve, and she has a recommendation for a good book to be reading right now in these times. Uh, Bonnie, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Hello. Um, nice to talk to you. Yes, I just finished the book, The Splendid and the Vile. Oh, a brand new book. And, and what did it's you think of it? brand new. About one year in the, of the life of Churchill, um, uh, with the war, and um, it, it's very comforting at this time to contrast it with what we're going through, with what um, they did, they had to go through in London. Did it uh, it bring to mind sort of the resilience of human spirit, or did it make exactly. you think of, of how exactly. far we've fallen since Churchill's time? <laughs> no, yeah, you just um, keep going, and um, it, it was comforting um, comparing it with now, I mean, and um, they were successful. And that's that's and critical. getting through what they had to get through. Well, Bonnie, thank you so much for that recommendation. That's The Splendid and the Vile. It's a new book um, about Winston Churchill in the darkest days of the Blitz. Um, And if you're interested in joining us, we're going to take a quick break here, but we'll come back after the break. And our phone lines are now open. We want to know your reads for this pandemic. You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at... Uh, stlpublicradio.org. And my guests today are Luann Locke, who's the owner of Afterwards Books in Edwardsville, as well as Jen Ozork, who's a regional manager with the St. Louis Public Library. We'll be back very shortly to continue this conversation with them. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. Welcome back. We're talking about the best books to read in a pandemic, and we know that includes books that are really on point for this moment, and it might also include some escapist fare. We'll try to get to some of those escapist books in just a moment, but my guests here today with me are Luann Locke, the owner of Afterwards Books in Edwardsville, Illinois, and also Jen Ozork. She's a regional manager with the St. Louis Public Library. We talked to um, some authors and and some booksellers for their picks, and Holland, who works at the Novel Neighbor in Webster Groves suggests a, bin- a Beginning at the End by Mike Chen. It just came out in January, Holland says, and it's so eerily timely. Holland also recommends The Stand by Stephen King. She's, she says it's been on her top 10 list. Um, Jen, I'm wondering, The Stand, this is a book that so many people seem to really love. I haven't read it. Would you recommend somebody goes for that book in the middle of all this? Um, okay, well, I'm I'm going to admit um, I have read the book maybe ten or twelve times. Oh my goodness! You're a super fan. I know, I'm I'm a re I'm a rereader. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but I I mean I I first read the book when I was in high school and I tend to reread it because I really enjoy the character development. Um, I don't like all of Stephen King's books, but I like this book and. It's an epic story. Um, you know, there there was a miniseries based on it, so if somebody doesn't want to read this huge book, because it's huge, and he also released a, um, a uh, uncut edition with additional content, which is even longer. He's so long-winded. 
he he is and and that's the thing i mean there's there's a part in the book where i usually just skim past it because it's kind of awful um but you know there's a play between good and bad and sometimes it's really clear cut and sometimes it's not and Mm -hmm. sometimes characters who are basically good make really poor decisions um and you know you can say like oh it's it's kind of cliched but you know there are people banding together. There are people helping each other. There are some practical things. Um, you know, this this pandemic um, that's called Captain Trips is is what they're calling the illness. You know, sweeps through, and then of course, like there's nobody to run the power plants and and other things. And so King throws in some of those elements that are very practical in my mind. It's not just horror. It's not just good versus bad. It's okay, you know, how do we get gas in our car? Yeah. And, you know, how do I, how do I wash my clothes? You know, the disposable society where it's like, well, I don't really like it. I'm just going to toss that. That's gone. And so I like that he explores that. Um, the nice thing about this stand too, as I said, there's a mini series. Um, it stars Gary Sinise. It's got a great cast of actors. There's graphic novel adaptations of the story. So I think part of what appeals to people is that it's interesting characters. It's good versus bad. It's a little long-winded mm-hmm. at times. And, and um, he is a genius. I, I shouldn't have just said he's long-winded. That felt unfair. No, but he can be. <laughs> 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 um, but I think people, people, I think sometimes can identify with a, with a character or two. And I think that's what makes the story resonate. I want to make sure we also talk about some escapist fare. Those are all some on-point books we've talked about, but a book that's off-point can sometimes also be so nourishing. And Gina of Subterranean Books has suggested Pride and Prejudice, which is, of course, always a classic. Michelle, the owner of the Bookhouse in Maplewood, says, I love the new book by the author of The Night Circus. That author is Aaron Morgenstern. And the book is The Starless Sea. It sounds like we have a, a, a second on that one. Definitely. It's fantastic. Um, and Michelle also adds, don't forget about kids' books. We just got in more copies of Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. And now there are new chapter books to go along with it. Great stories about overcoming adversity and doing something great. We also have stories for boys who dare to be different. Luann Locke, what are some of your escapist uh, picks at this moment? Uh, one book that I really love is called The Year of Living Danishly by Helen Russell. And it's a story of a couple who, they live in London, and her husband gets a job in Denmark with Lego. Uh, And she's a writer and journalist. She decides she's going to go along and just kind of investigate why they are consistently named the happiest country on earth. And it is just, the number of times that I laughed aloud reading this book, um, I can't even tell you. You will learn a lot. I was very surprised to learn some of the things that come up in the book. No, I don't want to give any spoilers. But it was just a very entertaining read. And I think also now, since we're all kind of sheltering in place, um, that's a a place where they kind of mastered the art of cozy homemaking. So um, I would definitely suggest that one. And that's called The Year of Living Danishly. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. I love that pun. 
by Helen Russell. Um, Leslie also just sent us an email. She writes, I recommend A Girl of the Limber Lost by Jean Stratton Porter, a wonderful novel about overcoming adversity, bringing people together, and experiencing transformation through the acceptance of difficult truths. It's also a fabulous foray into the natural world. Who knew moths were so fascinating? I did not know moths were fascinating, but it sounds like I need to read A Girl of the Limber Lost, and that will set me straight. Um, We've got a, a caller. I'm going to go to the phone lines. Max is calling from St. Louis. Uh, Max, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. That's good afternoon. And moths are wonderful creatures. Uh, my book I'd like to recommend, and I do not know the author's name, but I'm positive of the title. It's called The World Without Us. It's nonfiction. And it's just, just as the title states, The World Without Us. And each chapter goes into a situation where what if we were not around? I mean, he never, it's, not, it's nonfiction, so he doesn't come up with any horrible thing like, well, this is how mankind disappeared. And he starts in New York City in the subway system. What would happen if we were no longer around to, you know, pull the switches and do the levers and this and that? And that? so and it's, a, it's a very interesting read, and he goes through a lot of different situations where if people weren't around, and it's not, it's not that it makes you feel good being a people. But it does go to show it, it's, it's interesting reading. Well, so, Max, thank you so much for that recommendation. And our producers um, are, as always, on the spot. They wanted to let us know that The World Without Us, uh, the author is Alan Weissman. Um, and so, yeah, that's a great recommendation for The World Without Us. Uh, Max, thank you so much for that call. We also heard from local author Elsa Hart, and her pick for an escape is The Brother Cadfail Mysteries by Ellis Peters. She writes, a former crusader turned Benedictine monk tends an herb garden and solves crimes in the medieval town of Shrewsbury. These books are serious enough to make you care about the fates of the characters, but warm enough to comfort. It sounds like that's almost the definition right there of, of what we might be looking for in terms of escapist fare. You, you don't want them to be too lightweight. Jen, where do you see that, that sort of intersection um, of something that you can get invested in, but without panicking while you're reading it? Yeah, I, I tend to go um, either in the realistic direction. So I read, I, as I said before, I, I reread a lot. So I'll pick up some of my favorite books by Alice Hoffman or Margaret Atwood, or I go in the complete opposite direction. Um, one of my favorite books is called The Rook by Daniel O'Malley. Hmm. And it's kind of what you would think of as fantasy. This young woman... Um, wakes up in London and she has no memory of who she is and there's a couple dead bodies by her and there's a note in her coat pocket kind of telling her a little bit and she has to discover who she is but she's a member of an elite organization that basically protects all of us from like supernatural awful things <laughs> it is and I think they, pulled from they her make perspective. a TV series of that as they, well they did they did which I never saw the I will tell you the book. I've reread the book maybe five or six times. It's it's got um, a lot of really dry humor to it, which I like, ah. and kind of um, dark humor. And so I like that. Um, another another book that I go to is a series by Naomi Novik. Um, that's the Temeraire books, and this is going to sound totally weird, but it works. It's the Napoleonic Wars mm. um, plus dragons. <laughs> <laughs> so really, I know it sounds it sounds weird, 
But it, it really works because Naomi Novik um, has basically a lot of historical detail in there about the Napoleonic Wars, but she reimagines it as if there was an aerial corps with these very intelligent dragons who can talk. And it, it sounds really ridiculous, but it totally works. And there's so much detail in it. You find yourself kind of believing, like, well, yes, of course, you know, the HMS Reliant, like, captures a frigate, and there's a dragon egg. And, and you know, of course, Timur is really, really smart, and he learns about these other things. And they're, they're quite good. It's, it's a series that's quite good. And the audiobooks are also really well done. <laughs> and give us the name of that series again. Um, the first book is His Majesty's Dragon. Okay. And the series, it's called Temerare. It's T-E-M-E-R-A-I-R-E. And the author is Naomi Novik, N-O-V-I-K. Okay. I, I appreciate you spelling that out. That one is definitely a tricky one. <laughs> um, we got another recommendation from Twitter from Patrick. He writes, The Ordinary Acrobat by Duncan Wall. It's a book about the history and renaissance of circuses. It's completely irrelevant and probably won't advance your career, but it's a delightful read. So we have some recommendations of moths, recommendations of, of circuses, recommendations of dragons in the Napoleonic Wars. So we're really running the gamut here today. And, and unfortunately, we're out of time, but I did want to let our listeners know we had also asked Luann and Jen for some individual recommendations for readers who'd said what they loved and didn't love and we will make sure that we get those on our website stlpublicradio.org as we summarize this conversation so Luann Locke uh, owner of Afterwards Books thank you so much for joining us today thank you and Jen Ozork um, regional manager with the St. Louis Public Library thank you for being here Oh, thank you. This was great. And a reminder to everybody that, yes, there is curbside pickup at a whole bunch of local independent stores. Take advantage of that. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.